Hey, what's up? This is Tia. Hey, loves. It's me, Val. And thank you for joining us for another cup-filling episode of Crown Chronicles. Although many times a queen's crown may slip, only together can we bear the weight that comes along with wearing it. So join us as we indulge in life-changing conversations, respecting the healing journey and the path each one of us travels in obtaining complete fullness, peace, and joy. Hey, love. Hey. Hi, beautiful. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Another crown filling episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? How was your week? Um, my week was good. I will say that this week my focus has really been on um pouring into myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, my focus has been making sure that I'm vibrating at a high frequency and that takes a lot of intention I will say um a couple things that I've done this week that I've implemented um into my life in an attempt to finding time for myself making time for myself as we discussed last week Mm um I in the morning I've been doing like stretching it's like a 10 minute stretch my brother sent it to me and that seems to really help. In addition to that, um, right after my 10 minute stretch, I take time for meditation, mm-hmm. which has been great. And it's that time I just really focus on um, gratitude. I focus on um, placing intention for my day, mm-hmm. um, deciding in that moment what kind of day I was going to have. And um, in addition to that, I've been just, you know, listening to different sermons and podcasts um, and just, again, feeding myself, pouring into myself. And I've realized that I'm coming up on like a year of being home, being away from the workplace. And one thing yeah. that was okay. beneficial when I was in the workplace was, you know, you have that time to commute. My commute was a good hour and a half each way. hmm. And um, many times during that time, I would listen to podcasts or I would listen to sermons and that's when I would talk with God. And even throughout the workday, I would have my earphones on and I'm constantly, constantly pouring day after day. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't been doing that really since I've been home and I'm, I'm feeling it and I, I just have such a desire um, for more knowledge, more wisdom, more insight. And so... That's what my focus was this week, pouring back into myself, making that time, stretching. It felt really good. I'll be stiff as a dog. (laughs) (laughs) They bad. That make no sense. (laughs) It don't. Woo, Lord Jesus. I'll be stiff as a dog. And, um, but yeah, it's been good and it's been, it's helped. It's helped a lot. So, and I haven't really been doing any worrying. I just... This week, I did really good at handing it over to God and not picking it back up. Mm-hmm. That's good. Not stressing about finances. Um, and another thing I reminded myself of the other day was, like, I have to get out of that. Like, we talked about on the podcast last week, getting out of that that scarcity mindset, you know, um, and just knowing that things, that I'm doing all that I can, and God's going to take care of the rest, so... I'm proud of Oh, you. one more thing before okay. I go on. I came across the post. I think I sent it to you. I, I tagged it to, I tagged you in it. But it said, um, it talked about women being out of balance. Yes, I looked at that. You I sent it to me on Facebook. Yeah. And I don't remember it like verbatim, but in a nutshell, it was just talking about how you, you can recognize when you're out of balance, like when you're operating in your masculine energy versus like mm-hmm. your feminine energy mm-hmm. and many times especially me <laughs> me being me me being the control freak always mm-hmm. the doing what's that, da, da, da. the majority of my day i'm operating in that masculine energy and um so that post was really a reminder to make sure that i'm keeping the balance that i'm finding balance between the femininity and the masculinity 
Um, so reading that post was very insightful and it was a great reminder for me and, and I'd be checking myself like, girl. Well, you know what? Dominating all day, every day. All day, every day. You know, that's what you do, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And the balance. I'm going to actually read it, read that post. I have it here because I do think, um, and I'm so glad you had shared it with me because I think it'll be good for um, everyone to hear this. It says, ladies, if you find yourself always irritated by everything, it simply means you need to tap into your feminine energy because you are operating too much in your masculine energy. Working, handling everything on your own causes causes our masculinity to take over sometimes. Mm -hmm. Dancing sexy, cooking with love, being nurturing, kind and understanding, getting dolled up for no reason at all. It's our nature. It's all a balance. So if you're operating more in your masculine, you're off balance. Mm -hmm. I, when you sent me that and I read that, I'm like, first of all, confirmation. Mm -hmm. Because we had just literally finished recording. And mm -hmm. so it really did go with that, but it made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. It really did. And it sparked so many other thoughts for me. So I'm going to just hold on to those because I had wrote some stuff down after that because it just, it just, yeah. it started to make sense. It just made, I don't know, certain things just start clicking for me. I'm like, oh my God, that is so true. Mm -hmm. I feel you. I'm so glad you sent that to me though. That was good. But um, round of applause for you. <laughs> okay we got our look we got our Say it and do it again hold on. do it again <laughs> she's talking about do it again round of applause oh it didn't come through that long it didn't it's not transferring it's not long enough okay we're gonna work on that but i'm just proud of you because you literally took what we talked about last week and you took action you know mm -hmm. what i mean you started immediately trying to implement that into your day-to-day -day. and I think that that's great that's the first step is just taking action uh well the first step is recognizing it and you did so your next step was to take action and you've been doing it so I'm proud of you kudos to you friend thank you yeah thank, thank you I definitely did um I was like okay and I feel better you know yes. the week was better so it was yes. that episode was definitely necessary it was a lot of reminding to self so okay. how was your week my week was good um a little bumpy towards the end but overall it was a good week um like you said I found myself probably maybe like one or two days vibrating a little low so I kind of steered clear of people I don't like to really transfer that energy over. Like if I know I'm feeling lower, I got some things that I need to work mm -hmm. on or that I'm dealing with. Um, I try to just keep to myself to get myself back where I need to be. I don't like to call people or accept phone calls knowing that I'm vibrating so low because I just don't want to transfer that over into anyone. I don't want to be... Um, I want to make sure I'm present with the people that I talk to and the people that are close to me. So I feel like if you're calling me, you know, it's typically to talk about something. You probably got some good news or you're just upbeat and energetic. And I just didn't want to bring anyone else down. So for a day or so, I kind of just stayed to myself. Um, but I did. I just I started just looking at everything around me and I started comparing it to where I was this time last year. And then this time two years ago, and it just changed my whole mood. Like I instantly just felt so grateful, you know, so blessed. And it helped to give me that boost of energy that I needed to just pick myself back up and, you know, to keep moving and to keep going. So that's how it went. Um, I can't say to my baby Zoe, she was so helpful to that she poured into me it's just so amazing to me how a nine-year-old can just pour <laughs> into me the way that she did um just reminding me of the things that you know are blessings the things to be thankful for and it also made me proud because it just is showing me also what I'm teaching her you know what I mean and what she's seen 
So to hear her kind of repeat some of the things that I either say to her or I say to myself, it lets me know, okay, I'm doing the right thing and I'm filling her up with what she needs to be filled with, not only for herself, but to also be that for other people. And so it might, again, it just made me smile. It made me feel good. So mm-hmm. I'm in a good space. I'm I'm wrapping my week up just in a, in a much better headspace. So I'm happy. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Zoe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Zoe's a whole grandma. Girl, okay. <laughs> she's not a grown lady. She's a grandma. She just, <laughs> she has such an old soul to me. That's great granny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> great granny. That's funny. But, so yeah, that's where we are, though. That's what's up. I love it. Me too. All right, so... As we mentioned last week, um, we're all aware that October is a month of domestic violence awareness. And so we wanted to spend um, a couple weeks and just kind of touching on the episode. And I will also share some personal experience with it. Um, If you haven't yourself, at this point, I feel like domestic violence pretty much is impacted almost everybody's life if it hasn't um specifically affected you like if you if you weren't the direct yeah uh, victim of it you maybe know somebody maybe it was your parents maybe it's a friend who has experienced somebody close to you so I think we all can really relate to this topic in one way or another um in preparation for this week's episode I did we both did some due diligence and kind of just Um, looked up a couple numbers and some facts that we wanted to share with you all and I'll just kind of mention a couple things that stood out to me and then you can okay also mention a couple things that stood out to you um the first thing it says was that stood out to me was that 20 people every minute are physically abused by an intimate partner um another that's a lot 20 people every minute yeah, that's a lot. One in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate par- partner. And so that's why I say I'm pretty sure everybody can relate to this topic, whether you specifically have dealt with domestic violence or you know um, someone. One in three women. That's, that's yeah, that's crazy. Um, And then another thing was that it said women between the ages of 18 and 24 are most commonly abused by an intimate partner. And when I think about my life and I think about my experiences, I was in that age range. It started at 18 and it probably didn't end till about 24, Mm -hmm. 25. Um, so before I dive in, friend, what what were some things that kind of stood out to you as you was uh, kind of looking into it? Those same statistics um, that you just read off, but also um, this one stood out to me, just the presence of a gun in a domestic violence situation, mm-hmm. the risk of homicide by 500%. Um and I, I guess that really stood out to me because domestic violence is so much more than a fight. A mm-hmm. lot of women are losing their lives, not just maybe by the, someone's hands, but like they said, you know, gun violence. And so that just really, that stood out to me. Because that's a huge percentage by five percent. That's huge. And I and I can say personally, I know a few women who have died by the gun behind domestic violence that I've grown up with. See, that's that's. But with you saying that, then that proves this statistic to be very Mm -hmm. factual, to be very true. So. Yeah, I think that one really stood out to me amongst really all of them. I mean, we could really we look at these numbers. All of these, yeah, it's like go through all of these statistics, and I think it's all very 
alarming, but I don't know. That one really stood out to me. Yeah. Um, so um, we were on, if you want to do your own research, we were on the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence um, website, which is NCAD as in David, V as in Victor.org. There was a lot of helpful things there. Um, I also went on to the CDC. There was a lot of helpful um, information there as, as far as just understanding the um, understanding the seriousness, mm -hmm. um, but also the CDC also helped provide information on how to prevent um, things yeah, that are happening. What are some risk factors for those who could possibly be um, mm -hmm. perpetrators of domestic violence and so feel free to do your research and i mean i don't want to spend the episode just reading off statistics and numbers because you can easily google it but again just to kind of set the tone and highlight the seriousness and why there is a whole month that's dedicated to um domestic violence which is also referred to as intimate partner violence um I will say that in my experience, it started at 18 with my high school sweetheart. And I know I've shared before, I moved out when I was 18 and we lived together. And it started with me being the abuser, with me being the one to first put hands on, um, on him and doing it a few times and then eventually you know he strike back and then the cycle just continued mm. um it was physical it was emotional abuse i think a lot of times too when we when we think of and we hear the word domestic violence we assume the physical part of it but we also a lot of times we don't emphasize all the other areas of mm -hmm. domestic violence it doesn't always have to be physical. It can mm -hmm. very much be an emotional and a mental mental thing um, where you're constantly being put down. You're constantly being called out of your name. Um, you're, you know, you're constantly t being told, you know, no one's going to want you. You're not worth anything or, mm -hmm. um, you know, then there's also the financial abuse that takes place for those who are the breadwinners. And so there's so many layers to it. I personally have experienced probably a little bit of everything um, from the physical. So again, my first experience was at the age of 18 and it lasted, uh, it lasted about a good year and a half. And finally, I called the police. I would never call the police. And I remember the day like yesterday. I call the police. They come. They put them in the car. And I'm sitting there waving like, bye, nigga. Bye. You know. Um, but then after that, there was a moment where I felt as if I did something wrong. Mm. You know, where it's like. Mm -hmm okay, I won't press charges. You know, you're feeling you made the wrong move. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I will say after that, I actually packed my stuff up and I moved to a, a completely different city and I started over. And so even during that time of 18, um, <laughs> when I think about really all my experiences, I hid it. I hid it for my family members. Um, a lot of my friends didn't know until after the fact. And I did it because I hid it because um, there was shame behind there. There was guilt behind there. There was um, obviously when there's physical marks, you're trying to cover up with makeup. And you don't want to be seen like that. Um and then two, bringing in other people when I wasn't for sure if I was going to leave this individual, right? Like, what's the point of pulling in family members that could turn into a whole ordeal and I might end up back with them? And so I just hid it and I kept it to myself and I suffered in silence. And um, during that time, I smoked heavy weed 
you know, so that was my uh, coping mechanism was quit talking to me, nigga, roll up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but straight like that. That's, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, so then boom, look, so then boom, I moved to a new city and, and don't think I'm making light of the situation. I really just don't want it to be a session where it's super like just down. I want it to be me just being transparent, sharing my truth so right. others have someone to relate to and um just for it to be educational too move to another city i'm cool i'm working got my own place meet a young man you know sharing experiences sharing you know what happened in my past relationship the response from this man was oh man that's 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 fucked up like how can he do that and it turned out he would do the same thing right so here i am again in another situation that's even worse though that's even worse the guy's much bigger than me this time um and can i ask a quick question yeah I know you said in your previous in the relationship before that when you were the aggressor initially so in this new situation did it start off the same way or was it him this time he started it off. did not start off the same way okay um because i that was one thing i took from the relationship that you just can't i can't just be out here wilding and expecting people to just take it and again it's not as if i'm you know trying to justify his actions by all means not at all but i have to own that i you know in the beginning i was the aggressor and so I remember the second situation, the very first time, and I think the very first time it happened, it put a lot of fear in me that necessarily in the last situation, I was fearful, but I wasn't as fearful because I would still get up and I would continue to fight. You knock me down, I'm back up on my feet. This situation was a little different. You knock me down, I'm scared to get up, you know? And um, I remember it happened in in the car. We were driving and we had a disagreement and it happened so quickly and it was dark. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was hit with a closed fist a couple times and um, we get back to the house and I go in the bathroom and I look at my face. I have two black eyes. And then in one of my eyes, the blood vessel was popped. There was like a, so, you know, you had that red mark on mm-hmm. the eyeball. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I think about a week later, I found out I was pregnant. With your first child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, being a young woman trying to find your way you lack a lot of confidence you lack i lacked a lot of confidence i lacked a lot of self-love a lot of self-worth i didn't know and i hadn't discovered me yet i hadn't discovered the love for self and the importance for love for self until much later um and so i stayed i don't know why do, why do you stay? I don't know. I don't know why. I stayed one because I really didn't have a place to go at that time. And then finding out I'm pregnant, it was another reason I stayed. And then a lot of times when, when that happens, even in, and even in my first situation, I will wake up to like letters. I'm so sorry. I'll never all these promises that I'll never do it again. I'm sorry. I was, mm-hmm. and then you're believing mm-hmm. and you're falling for it. So you stay, he so loves stay. me. Yep. He cares. He recognizes he was wrong. Mm-hmm. He's human. We're making excuses and I'm justifying. And, um, I've had things thrown at me. Um, the second situation, again, there was a fear there. I, I was scared of him because he was so much bigger 
And behind the physical abuse, it was, you'll never leave me. I'll never mm-hmm. let anyone have you. But, you know, it'll be, it'll be that verbal where it's like, if I leave, I might die. Or you believe, person I'm yeah. with might you die. Or the, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you're not going nowhere. You, da, 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 you know, and mm-hmm. so there was a lot of fear there. And that lasted, um, for a few years and even being pregnant, we would have fights with me being pregnant. And you would think that I'm carrying your child. Surely he won't, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I decided to leave when I gave birth to my child and after I gave birth to my child, there was a moment when he was gone for about two weeks. Mind you, my son wasn't even a whole month, whole month um, old. Excuse me. And he just disappeared for two weeks. Then comes home early in the morning as if just lay down and go to sleep. Like, nigga, you ain't just been gone for a two few weeks. weeks. Um, an argument happened. A fight broke out and I'm sitting here and I'm staring at my baby. And it was at that moment was like, something has to change. And I know I had my children young, but my children were truly like my saving grace. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so Michael was about a month and I left and I went to St. Louis. I called my mom. I'm like, I got to go. I'm ready to go, you know, and it's not to say, you know, you have your good moments and you have your bad moments. And maybe that was another reason I stayed because it's not like this was like an everyday thing, Mm -hmm. you know, he would buy gifts, we would go out to eat, we would have good days. But then when it was bad, it was bad. And um, so I finally left and I went to go stay with my mom in St. Louis, where I know we couldn't be alone. Mm-hmm. You felt safe. I felt safe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's where, and that's where the change started happening. Right. And then again, it goes back to me just trying to figure out what kind of life do I want? And I knew as long as people were around, he wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask that next, if, the, if like, if that ever happened, like if he ever showed that side in front of anyone else, like had anyone ever seen that side or was that just strictly between the two of you? Yeah. And, but I know that my mom, my mom saw the fear in me though. Mm, he never really said anything, but there would be little things she would say where she could see the fear that I had of him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah. And it wasn't until like recently that like my brothers and things Mm -hmm. even knew about her or found out about it. And so I'm never here to judge a woman and just say, well, why don't you just leave it? Cause I understand that sometimes it's not that easy, but I just want to encourage the women to if you know, it, it's not a matter of if you know, you know, you deserve better. You know, you don't deserve that. And it's so scary. Like it, it can be so scary because I know to me, my experience was traumatizing, but I know that it could be 10 times worse, you know, like, I just encourage you to, again, try to keep a very close support system, let people in. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can't do it on your own. Let people in, have that good, that strong support system around you. Um, I found that was a very key factor for me was having a safe place to go 
but um so boom after that <laughs> i mean another guy and um the abuse wasn't physical but it was very very much mental and emotional and i'm just like how in the world do i keep ending up in these situations so boom another guy comes along At this point i have two kids me and um the second situation we had two children together because even when i left and i went back to and i went to st louis with my mom he would still follow me and you know we were off and on we were off and on and then i ended up getting pregnant with my daughter but again we still were never alone um and also during this time he was getting counseling he was um in different support groups to assist him in helping him overcome his anger and and things like that um so i have two kids huh i'm sorry i'm gonna cut you off i was just gonna ask at any time um after your second child did it stop like at any time throughout the course of their relationship did it stop before you actually walked away it was because i lived with my mom we were never by ourselves okay so there was a lot of time spent apart because he would go back and forth okay you know from kansas city to st louis and so and i was living with my mom still for a few years i stayed with my mom and um so it it stops the physical stop once I left once I move okay and I found refuge at my mom's home okay. with my family and my brothers um so I mean like I and it's not and it wasn't a physical but you know afterwards it's the way it affected me when you're constantly being called out of your name and you're constantly being um degraded Mm -hmm. and um at times feeling unwanted but then you want me and then you i love you and then you're crying and then you're but yet you still treat me and you talk to me Mm -hmm. in any kind of way and you're cheating and you're lying and you're you know Mm -hmm. that too could be a form of abuse Mm -hmm. and again it was at that point where i had to just sit still do the self-work figure out why am i attracting these kind of men Mm. why am i constantly attracting these kind of men it's something about me Mm -hmm. and um yeah so I don't know. That was just kind of it in a nutshell. Like, I just didn't want to go too deep into details. But again, I just encourage women or even men because it it doesn't discriminate. Domestic violence doesn't discriminate against skin color, against religion, against sexuality, you know, gender, yeah. gender, any of that. Um, we get one life. Be happy. Find your peace. Find your refuge. Keep, do not push everybody away. And, and that's what I did at one point. I pushed all my friends away, all my family away. And that's what abusers kind of want you to do. They want to isolate you from your support system so i wanted to ask you a question um i know when i was looking online you know they mentioned that one in 15 children are exposed to intimate partner violence each year and 90 percent of these children are eyewitnesses to this violence um at any time did your kids witness any of this once you had your children is that even something that they remember no because I left when my son was so he was young they've witnessed the anger 
mm-hmm. that their dad could have. Okay. Um, but never the physical. Now I will say me as a child, I have witnessed. Okay. Right. And so then you start reflecting too. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, you start reflect, you start thinking of past traumas and, and I remember with my mother and my father, there was domestic violence. My dad, you know, I've shared before, he's um, always struggled with alcoholism and there'd be nights where he'll come in drunk. And I remember one night specifically, me and my three brothers, because the fourth one wasn't born at this time, uh, we were standing in the hallway and he hits my mom over the kitchen table and he's drunk you know um i've witnessed him doing it to other women not just my mom i've witnessed him fighting his girlfriends and uh i don't know i you know i I think about my younger self and i was very much lost in searching you know there was definitely a void there. And I think a lot of it was created just from the things that I was exposed to as a child. And so that's why really when I had my son, I knew that's not the life I wanted for him. So. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you. Um, for just being vulnerable. I feel like that takes a certain level of vulnerability to even let us in Mm -hmm. to share that with us. So thank you for just sharing it, for being vulnerable, for being transparent, for being honest, um, for not being ashamed. I feel like a lot of women go through that and they're ashamed. Like you mentioned, that's why Mm -hmm family friends don't know because mm-hmm. they're too ashamed and I feel like that's that's the last thing that we should feel when we're in a situation like that is being shameful of what you're going through so I just thank you for being honest and for choosing you and your children in that situation mm-hmm. and removing yourself each time because it was more than yeah. once so that took a lot of courage that took a lot of faith that took a lot of strength to just find it in you to say, I I can't do it and I won't do it. Okay. So I just applaud you for that. Thank you, Brian. And I will say that, um, you know, this half, grown 35. So, I mean, it's happened. It, it's been years, mm-hmm. right? But there were so many lessons that came from that. And I just thank God for his covering and for his protection and for allowing me to make it out mm-hmm. and giving me the sure. strength and giving me just enough faith to do what was necessary. And, oh, I just thank God, girl. I just, because my life very much, it could be much different. It could be much if different. If it had not been have, for his covering. And if it had not been for... I don't know, friend. I don't know. I'm I'm just grateful, right? And in the sound, I'm just grateful because I know that there are women who haven't made it out mm-hmm. and who are still struggling and who are still feeling stuck. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart, but then at the same time, like I'm I'm grateful that I was that I made it out and I just knew going forward eventually like I just I started working on myself so I started attracting something different Mm -hmm. and uh I don't know and I and I thank my children's father for doing the self-work as well Mm -hmm, for sure we have an amazing relationship right now um it took a lot of work from him and he and again, this isn't me justifying his actions by all means, but the things that he's experienced as a child was very, very traumatic. And he was full of anger. 
and um he, he did the self work mm-hmm. himself and so and and now we're great friends you know mm-hmm. like I've moved past it I've forgiven him and um and I think too when I think about it I think when you're so young you have all these emotions, especially with me and my high school sweetheart. We had all these emotions. We had all this love in us, and we just didn't know what to do with it. What to do with it? We didn't know how to deal with our hurt, our traumas. Then we didn't mm-hmm. know how to cope. We lashed mm-hmm. out, and a lot of times we lashed out to those closest to us, yeah. and we make poor decisions, and we're trying to figure it out. We're so young. This is we're feeling things we've never felt before, and and um so when it said 18 to 24 that most women experience 18 to 24 it kind of makes sense like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of unanswered questions out there there's a lot of learning that still needs to be had and we're not teaching so that's another reason why too i think both you and i we are very intentional about providing our kids with the right coping mechanisms mm-hmm. when you're angry, mm-hmm. when you're upset, talking yeah. to them, letting them know, you know, and just really being intentional about guiding emotionally, not just physically, but it just kind of goes to stress the point of how important it is that we are emotionally available for our kids and that we assist them in guiding them through their emotions. And I want to also just kind of go back and piggyback off of when you said you all had a lot of love inside of you and you, you said it, you took the words right out of my mouth when you said a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. That's the first thing that came to mind. Yes, you have a lot of love, but you all are so young. That's at that age where you're not a child per se anymore. You know what I mean? But you're not fully grown. And so a lot of that hurt, a lot of that childhood trauma, as cliche as it sounds, it now translates into hurt people hurting people. Hurt people hurt people. And yep. it's like, that's what that's what was happening. Yeah. So it's like you said, not to make excuses or to excuse them mm-hmm. of their actions. However, when you take a step back and look at it from that perspective you understand that it's like a sickness. It's an, it's an mm-hmm. illness, you know what I mean? And they don't have an outlet. And this person is so sick inside and they don't have any care. They, they're they not being treated for that illness. And so this is a result of that. Um, I also just wanted to say, because I know you mentioned that, you know, you started to do the work on yourself um, because you felt as if, what is it about you? that's attracting these type of men but I just wanted to touch on the fact that too I I totally agree with you and I understand that but also regardless that still Mm -hmm. yes doesn't for sure that doesn't put a a sign on your head that says hey you know what I mean right so I know use me as a punching bag yeah you know what I mean so yeah we all struggle with insecurities and low self-esteem and hurt and pain however that's not I just don't feel like that should be, that's not justifiable. Those actions are not, you know, just because of where Mm -hmm. we are Mm -hmm. as women. So I just wanted to make, just make that point. No. And I thank you for clarifying and emphasizing that again, we're not trying to justify, but that was a question I had to ask myself was. I know. You thought you deserved it. It's not just twice, but three times back to back to back value you doing something wrong mm-hmm. we got to choose better mm-hmm. and i had to start choosing myself that's what, it, what it was mm-hmm. for sure choosing myself and um and i discovered myself i discovered that self-love and self-worth by getting to know who god was and that's just in all honesty um you also mentioned something earlier, just as far as saying in the first relationship, uh, you were the aggressor um, mm-hmm. initially. I kind of just want to shine a light on that as far as us as women. I'm not going to go in too deep on that, but I am guilty of that myself. 
getting so frustrated and so angry in the past where I don't know why I felt like the only solution was to haul off and hit him or you know what I mean or to put my hands and I don't understand why and I think that that's something um I won't speak for other women I will speak for myself in Mm -hmm. my opinion that was something I had to work on something Mm -hmm. that I felt like it's not right you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like this is not right it's not okay um I have to figure out another way to channel my frustration and my Mm -hmm. anger if I don't have the words to speak at that moment then I need to remove myself because not justifying if he chooses to hit me back I'm not saying well he's he now has the right to do it because I put my hands on him no but what I am saying is that does open up the door for that to start happening Mm -hmm. and that was definitely something that I had to work on like I had that really really bad like really bad and Mm -hmm. so that was I don't and I again I don't know why and but when I look back on it I felt like at that age I was what in my early 20s um when that was going on that was my second relationship but even in my first relationship with my son's father I know that there was times that I lashed out at him and tried to swing at him or you know and stuff like that he never hit me back but it's just the fact that I chose to do that yeah it made me think uh, I thought about just being in school being in high school being in middle school how much I fought in school and I Mm -hmm. started realizing like oh well I have a lot of anger inside of me like Mm -hmm. a lot of pain a lot of hurt however this is how this is how it's coming out Mm -hmm. and that is just no we can't mm-hmm. do that. As women, I feel like we we also we can't go around putting our hands on men at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's just not it's not acceptable. It's not okay. You gotta find another way to channel that frustration and that anger. Mm-hmm. Remove yourself, if if anything. Yeah. For sure. And oh. yeah, like you said, like if it gets to a point where you feel like you have to lay hands on somebody. It's probably time to go. Yeah, it's you it's know. time to remove yourself mm-hmm. and to cut and to cut that relationship off. Mm-hmm. But um, I yeah, I just want to mention to everyone listening that um, Val brought up a very good point. Um, just as far as how we are with our children now, just trying to educate them, give them that safe space, um, mm-hmm. the floor whenever they feel they need to talk, letting them know that we hear them. Um, that's why over the next few weeks, we're going to try to get an episode in with a licensed therapist who can maybe come Uh in, um, and just speak to some of these topics that Uh we've had over the last few weeks and even, you know, speak to that one as well as just creating this space for our, our children early on to try to prevent them from growing into those hurt people. So, yes. Um, that's definitely something yes. that we'll be doing in the weeks to come. So if there are any questions that you all may have, um, any advice that you need, um, any suggestions that you all may have for us, just anything that you want us to, you know, ask or speak about with that therapist, please start sending those questions, um, comments, stories, you know, whatever, start sending those into us. So that we can kind of just go over it and, you know, get all of our thoughts together and just come prepared so that mm-hmm. we're able to get the best out of that episode for both Val and I, as well as, you know, our listeners as well. So definitely look forward to that coming up. Absolutely. I can't wait. That's going to be good. It's going to be a good one. Very educational, mm-hmm. very necessary, mental health therapy counseling I feel like those are all um very important topics yeah that should always be discussed mm-hmm. yeah but again but thank I you know. thank you for today thank you for being vulnerable and open and honest I'm yeah. sure they listened and they appreciate it yeah you're welcome I um Oh no, I wasn't nervous. Like I knew when the month of October came, like that was a subject I wanted to touch on. But again, I think I'm I'm in a healthy place where I can talk about it and 
just use it to maybe let people know that you're not alone. There's so many of us that are dealing with it, um, who are dealing with it in private. And I just wanted to let you know, like, I understand I've been there a few times and um, you can do it. I promise you, you can do it. And um, so before we end, let me just, uh, I wanted to just drop, hold on, I had to pull it up. The hotline number um, for those who are experiencing it or you know someone who is currently um dealing with it and you want to just provide it said it was a crazy number i think it said this hotline gets i think like twenty thousand calls a day um the I phone number right i saw that yeah that's a lot that's a lot Twenty thousand calls a day so if you know anyone that's struggling with it or you are struggling with it there is a hotline for you to call. It's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It is 24-7. Um, they don't only have English speakers. They have um, people there that I would answer that speaks over 200 plus languages. And it's 1-800-799-7233. 1-800-799-7233. And you can also text START to 88788. Um, I would encourage you, I'm sure wherever you are, there are shelters for women who are um, experiencing domestic violence and are looking for a way to get out in a safe haven. So we love y'all, man. Like, stay encouraged. Know that you're not alone. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch more on it throughout the month as well. But this is just the beginning. So. Thank y'all for bearing with us and being with us. Like Tia said, share, comment. If you have any questions, if you want to share anything, you have any um, advice to offer, please, please, please do so. Use this platform. All right, you can hit us on Crown Chronicles pod at Instagram, Facebook, Gmail. We're there. Right. <laughs> you better be there or be square. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Love y'all. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.